What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Three rushing touchdowns last week for the Steelers. That's you can't even say it's triple, can you? Because zero to three. Right. Like, what that's, is that? That's how do you not even a right, do that that's not math? a real ratio. I don't yeah. even know how you do that math. They just exploded as far as the rushing touchdowns are concerned. And how about everybody got their hand in the pile that you'd expect to score a rushing touchdown this year? Pickett, mm-hmm. Naj, and Jalen. And Jalen. So everybody gets a little rushing touchdown feel good about themselves, and hopefully that can help build the momentum in the running game and that that can carry over. But the problem is now you're facing a team that is fourth in the league at stopping the run. They are giving up only 80 yards per game on the ground. Great, great figure for that Jags defense. And, you know, they're not good against the pass. They will pick you off, but they give up like 273 yards through the air the stats bear out the way to attack this football team pretty clearly. But the problem is I don't think the Steelers are at their best unless you're using the running game to help the passing game along. I think that's what you saw in that fourth quarter against the Rams where a lot of people are saying that was maybe Canada's best called quarter uh, as the offensive coordinator for the Steelers in his tenure. Um you saw so much run feeding into the passing game and vice versa. So this this game, you know, if you're the Chiefs or if you're the Eagles or if you're, you know, the Seahawks, teams that like to pass the ball, got good quarterbacks, you probably look at Jacksonville and you're like, Geno Smith's going to throw 40 times this game or Patrick Mahomes is going to throw 45 times this game. They aren't going to be able to stop him in that secondary. Can't do that with Kenny yet. I don't want them to throw the ball 45 times, 50 times a game, mm-hmm. unless you know they're down by an eternity and they have to just throw, 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 throw. So despite the fact that the matchup isn't great, you you got to commit to still running the football. And just because you know they're effective at stopping the run, I don't think that that's any reason to shy away from it in this game. Like, sound old here, but like Chuck Noll always used to say, it doesn't matter what the other team is doing because we're good enough that. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do what we want to do, and we're gonna out execute the other team. So, you know, a lot of times I think football coaches in the modern day outthink themselves, try to get into the head of what the other guy is thinking, and then try to counter that instead of just saying, "Hey, you know, I'm running the football here, right? Good luck stopping it." <laughs> like that. And I think I actually saw Deion Sanders say that too recently, as in relation to the Michigan sign stealing scandal. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about that in the NCAA football yes, world. Yes, of course. But Prime was basically saying you can know every play that's coming from the other team. Still got to stop it though, mm-hmm. and that ain't no guarantee, especially with talented football teams. So if you're the Steelers, just because you see those gaudy run stopping numbers from the Jags that have them up there with teams like the 
Niners and the Eagles and the Browns and the Seahawks and the teams you think of as really good run-stuffing defenses, you got to continue to to dip your toe in that water. Warren, Najee, they got to get a lot of carries in this game. Um, and I don't want to see, you know, through the first quarter, they have like 10 rushing yards combined and you just give up on the running game. If the score allows you to continue to run the football, you got to keep trying to break through that wall and eventually, you know, break it down for Jacksonville because you're just not a team built to just throw, 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 mm-hmm. throw, 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 throw. Not yet, at least. So no. you need that running game. You need that balance. Don't be intimidated by what their strength is on the defense. Your strength on the offense is supposed to be being able to stay on schedule using the running game. So so lean into that. Don't shy away from it just because of the opponent. Yeah, you can't shy away from it. But Tom, you know, just the way you said that I don't think this is a team that can throw the ball 40, 50 times, I don't see them running the ball like up to 30 times or 35 times either. Because they're ineffective or because they just... Both, both. They, because they because they notice they, they notice ineffectiveness early, and they choose to use that small window of negative runs or non-positive runs, and just say, "Okay, we'll just pass the ball from now on." Yeah. The reason you you know what's funny? The reason you don't see Kenny Pickett throwing 40, 50 balls every week is because, despite. The Steelers getting away from the run game early on sometimes is because they their frequency to go three and out, right? If if the Steelers were able to move the ball effectively down the field via the pass and kind of abandon the run early on, I'd have no problem if Kenny wants to air it out. But the fact that their time of possession is always, always, always in the negative or on the losing side, and their three and out rate is always at the top of the league. That's why you don't see them having all these crazy numbers out of Kenny Pickett is because whenever they do choose to pass, it's for short yardage or the th- the throw is made behind the line of scrimmage or behind the yard to gain or the ball falls incomplete or something even worse happens. That's why those numbers aren't as big as they could be despite having such small statistical numbers or, or figures for the run game. It's it's really both numbers are small and both numbers are really not intimidating for opposing defenses defenses because both sides of the football running and passing for the Steelers is just not it's just not what an NFL offense should look like right now. And they never use play action. We talked about that earlier right. this week even though Kenny's completion percentage like all quarterbacks goes up dramatically when they utilize play action. Mm-hmm. This would be a good week to use play action, I think. Um, the Jags love to Every week is. Run. Every week know, is. Yeah, every week in the NFL. But right every week, week, we don't see it. We don't see it, and I don't think we'll see it much this week either, uh, even though it's it's clearly, I think, what Kenny's MO. I mean, he can play action all, all the time at Pitt. I mean, all the time. And rolling out and stuff like that, it's... Just the type of quarterback that he is, he, he's better when he's doing a lot of things in the pocket instead of just three-step drop go, three-step drop go. So I hope to see that kind of come to the forefront a little bit more in this game, but it won't. Like you said, it's not going to happen, so why should I waste my time and oxygen talking about things that aren't going to happen? Um, you do need the big play, though, through the air. Everyone like that. That is at least the one thing that I think I can point to to Kenny and say uh, outside of his fourth-quarter moxie. He's got that really nailed down as the deep ball in the big play. I yeah. know to pick in specifically, miss, yeah. 
Although some people are saying that that was not, that was on Pickens a lot too. Well, that ball was. You're saying he didn't make a better his, enough no, effort. No, 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 he couldn't have made the throws out of bounds. But like his but route to like kind of took him towards keep, the sidelines no, a little bit. Okay, okay, that's where I thought you were going. But and isn't that more so on Akella Weatherspoon for forcing him out? Up. But people were saying he didn't really like people were okay. saying that he blew past Akella okay. Weatherspoon. Uh, either way, that was a misconnect. But that's really the only misconnect that you remember off the top of your head, right? For Whenever those they two, have yeah. Big, deep ball play. Yeah, I mean, if you want to say George Pickens, you know, chop block was a, a misconnect. I'm using air quotes there because it negated Deontay Johnson's first yard pickup. But it was a catch. And yeah, it, you're right. Uh, I, I just think Kenny and the back shoulder throws to George Pickens too. Yeah, just, but those, they're those home runner. run balls, Austin, Pickens, uh, Deontay to an extent. Yeah, how about that, that Calvin Austin, even before Deontay Johnson returned last week, has really kind of disappeared from this offense. Yeah, they're very thin. It's Deontay and Pickens, and then Calvin and Allen just aren't really doing much. Allen's probably past his prime, and, and Calvin's just, I don't think, going to be the guy that they ever thought he could be. Um, they'll use a pick on a receiver this year in the draft. Yeah, I mean, last sure. year was the and first time in— free agent, too. Last year was the first time in however many years. It's been a while that they, they didn't draft a receiver. Yeah, now hindsight's twenty twenty, of course, but you wouldn't have hated it in the second or the third, fourth round maybe. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. Well, here's what I'll say. I'm happy with the first three. The yeah, first three picks Benton from this year. Just doesn't play. Well, that's not, that's not that's not Benton's fault. None of it's any of their fault. Yeah, faults, right. But none of them play. Here, so what the, is to say we draft a receiver and they're still not Well, so here's Austin, the thing. Right? Here's the thing is that I expect Roderick Jones to someday, hoping to God, will just be like, you cannot take me out of the starting lineup. Same for Joey Porter Jr., same for Keanu Benton. I don't know if I can say the same out of Darnell Washington, only because I've seen him the least. And last week, we actually predicted this on the show. A lot of people, it wasn't hard to do. When Pat Frymuth kind of re-aggravated that hammy, even though he came off the IR and was ruled out ahead of that game, ahead of kickoff against the Rams, we were saying, okay, here's your... Wide open shot to use Darnell Washington. You have to play him. You have to start him. Do it. And he had zero targets. Well, how about this for the predictability of the Matt Canada and the Steelers offense? Anytime Connor Hayward was on the field. Got the ball. It was a pass. Oh, okay. Anytime Darnell Washington was on the field. It was a run. It was a run. You don't think other teams are going to start to notice that on film? You don't think other teams are going to start to pick up on that? And that's a good thing. If Matt Canada's building up some th- something, yeah, right, to drop the hammer with the Darnell Washington seam route, but he ain't. It's just going to be more runs with Darnell Washington. And those and seam routes, I mean, Hayward. you see how good they can, how effective they can be with Pat Fryermuth. Darnell Washington is twice the size of any linebacker he's going up. You don't have to make it like a deep seam route, but not- just deep enough that he's still as deep as the linebackers, but not with a chance for the cornerback or anyone from the secondary to come up to him. Just Get that ball out quick on that seam route, and he's going to catch it. You know what's one thing I think is lacking? Tight ends, but also really in, in general in the passing game. You're saying for the Steelers? For or the Steelers. Okay. There's no improvisation once the play breaks down, or, or at least I'm not seeing much mm-hmm. of it. Like, watch Kelsey for the Chiefs. Like, he's always running routes that he's not supposed to run yeah. because he finds the open space in the zone or man coverage, and he just goes to where he needs to go, and Mahomes knows he's there. Pickett's so young, and he's not Mahomes, and he's still building a rapport with these guys, but 
that was something you saw Ben and AB do so well. The, it's hard line. to compare those two though, because but it's not just Ben and AB. It's no, any, you see a it's lot. Any top quarterback and top receivers, they just have the ability to know when to maybe? break off the route that you're supposed to run, and maybe instead of a curl. You do the curl, and then you take off, and you uh-huh. run a fly, and you're just on the same page with your quarterback. Maybe Kenny just needs a little bit more time to kind of work with his— 19 games. Yeah, you're right. And he's been on the field with all of them, except you, for Darnell Washington. You'd, you'd think especially the one that you'd have it with is Pickens, Pickens. right? Because that seems to be the connection from day one that yeah. was, like, so natural. Well, they both. came in together, yeah. So maybe that is the youth thing, and we'll see more of that as they get older and wiser. Because like, let's not love, let's I not. I love seeing that from other teams' receivers. Let's like, also like, look at Stephon Diggs, and I know I'm bringing in all the All Pros, but yeah. like George Pickens projects to be that. So like, look at that player, and like, he's always improvising in the secondary. When the quarterback improvises, the receiving room has to improvise. Well, okay, there you go. Because who improvised more as a quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger? Nobody. Because no matter how. Bad it may have seemed. No matter how likely it seemed he was going down with a sack, he got out of it. The receivers had to improvise because Ben did such a great job of it. So I, I mean, like you can blame the receivers for maybe not doing so, but they're not getting the same. They're not. The ball isn't staying alive as long as it was when Ben Roethlisberger was at quarterback because he had such a knack for staying upright. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And it go, you brought up uh, uh, Washington when we went down that road of improvisation and how he's being misused. And it's just another in the long line of rookies that are being misused. I know Herbig had a sack last week. Um, but will we see Joey Porter Jr.? Jacksonville doesn't use as much 11 personnel as the Rams did. You'll see tight ends on the field more. Mm-hmm. You'll see extra running backs. You'll, so not, you think that means less Joey Porter Jr.? We'll yeah. see. We'll see. I think this will be a pretty telling time to see if he is indeed going to get more playing time than the other two or if it's going to go back to the way it was before the Rams game. He was limited in practice on Thursday, though, with a calf injury. Yeah, I got to keep an uh, eye on that one. Injured it during practice, which is always scary. He vowed to play on Sunday, but players often do. It's the coaching staff. It's the medical staff's job to protect the players from themselves when they're as fierce of a competitor as Joey Porter. Right. So we'll see if he's healthy or not. Um, just some other things on the injury front. Ogan Joby didn't practice on Thursday. Typical. Guarantee you he plays. I guarantee <laughs> you he plays. Uh, Deontay showed up with a, a DNP with the hammy. Dale Lawley, who you hear on these airwaves, um, one of the best when it comes to covering the Steelers. Yeah. He thinks it's all precautionary. 
Deontay practiced in full on Wednesday, spoke to the media before practice on Thursday, didn't mention any setbacks. It's just a precautionary thing to make sure that Deontay, he's so valuable. There's no yeah. need to, re- and, and he knows, right? Like, does he need, does Deontay need to practice on the Thursday at this point in his career? Probably not, right? I, I think, yeah, I guess I probably not. I think he's got a pretty good grasp on the offense. Um, Siamalu was resting, so non-injury related there. He returned to practice on Thursday, he didn't practice on Wednesday. Uh, Herbig was sick. The other Herbig, the lineman, was sick on Wednesday. He was a full participant in practice on Thursday. Love seeing Cole Holcomb full participant all week long with that ankle injury. Came back in the game on Sunday against the Rams, so that's a good sign that he would play. Uh, Pat Pete was limited Wednesday, practiced on Thursday. McFarlane with the knee was a full participant. Levi Wallace uh, improved to a limited participant after not practicing Wednesday with a foot injury. But the big news, Jacob. Number nine to seven. Rumbling uh, out onto that field. He was a limited participant in practice yesterday. His 21-day window to return from IR has officially started. Mm-hmm. And Jerry Dulac tells us on the Mark Madden Show to expect Cam Hayward back by the Packers game on November 12th. He said there's a chance for the Titans game. I, because see, it's a short week, Yeah, don't hold your breath. Don't. Yeah, and I'm fine with that, too. Hey, if he's back for the Packers game. Because here's the thing, too. Let's put it this way. If he's back for the Packers game and they at least split the Jags-Titans game the way we hope they split the Jags-Titans game, <laughs> that's that's more than enough time for Cam Hayward to come back and impact right. the rest of the um, season. Um, what was I going to say? Um, I don't know. I can't read your mind. And you can hope. Professor X. And you might not even think that with the Titans playing on that Thursday night game, like we just talked about in a previous episode, Derrick Henry, DeAndre Hopkins may not even be there. So, All right. You may, I honestly, Tom. Even say Hopkins and and Henry are both on the team after the trade deadline. I still would rather re- rest Cam for that game because you know how much a Thursday night game can throw off everything. Even though he's been off the field for so long, and it's not like he's playing on a short week, it still messes with your game plan, your 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 schematics throughout the week, your normal schedule, right? It shortens everything by three days. So I don't want to rush Cam into a rushed week on its own. I want Cam back as healthy as as possible because he's so needed yeah. for the stretch. Not right. only... Sorely needed, dude. Sorely yeah. needed. Not only is he needed as a playmaker, just on-the-field presence stuff. I know you want. I know you don't want to spend too much time fifth from talking about intangibles, but he is just so valuable to this team. The fifth from bottom and stopping the yeah, run. I mean, so they bad. need somebody to help with that, and he's the best top of the list as far as I'm concerned mm-hmm. for someone who's going to be able to help with that. Um, so hopefully, Cam Hayward is back before that Packers game, but you're not going to have him against the Jags. And one thing we did bring up about Benton, you know, his snap count's going down some for some reason, and. I really find it hard to believe that Adams and Watts are just playing that much better that they deserve to start over him. Every time Benton plays, he plays well. Every time any of the rookies play from this class, they play well. Mm -hmm. And they just don't trust them. You you talk about Darnell Washington not using him. All training camp, they throw jump balls to him in the red zone. Everybody was like, wow, this is going to be a big threat. It's just trust issues, I think. Yeah. Like they just don't clearly. trust them. They're, clearly, they, clearly. They think they're they're just oh rookies make mistakes that lose you games. Okay, but as I've said so many times on this show, what I'm sick what of it. mistakes are the starters well, making the that you're willing to forgive? Too. Like, you're willing to forgive them just because they've been around the league. You ah, uh, 
that's okay. You've earned the right to make a mistake. Like, no. Like, let the rookie make a mistake. Let him learn on the job. That's the best way for these players to learn. Um, You're not going to see Roger Jones this week. You're not going to see Darnell Washington much this week, even without Pat. You're not going to see Herbig opposed from uh, some spell rushes Mm -hmm. on the quarterback. The only one that I'm thinking of maybe seeing an appropriate amount of right now is Joey Porter Jr. I I know the calf injury throws a little bit of a wrinkle into that, but he by far is the one rookie that has gotten the most playing time and shown you that he deserves to stay on the field. Uh, Jones had a great start against the Ravens, but still that sample size, I guess you could argue, is a little bit low, and he hasn't looked good before that game. But Porter Jr. has just looked good everything you've thrown at him he has passed with flying colors maybe maybe he missed the tackle against the rams big whoop everybody was missing tackles against the rams everybody misses tackles in that secondary every week long every week right what the the missed tackles by cam um i was like cam sutton wow by pat pete and levi wallace don't weigh as much because joey porter jr's rookie you trusted him and he made a mistake so you have to punish him for it it's ridiculous, dude. It it really is a head scratcher, and it makes me question, you know, the trust thing. Is it really all about we just don't trust our young players? Because you got to. You have to give these guys. At what point do you? I mean, here's the thing: you trusted Najee to go out there and start. That's you I trusted think, Kendrick Green. That's I think the the hardest part. For you me. trusted Pat Fryermuth. Inconsistency. You trusted you trusted Kenny by week three. You trusted Dotson. You right. had to. DeCastro was hurt. Right. That's the part that really grinds my gears, Like is the inconsistency of it. This draft class, I don't think we've seen out of Pittsburgh so much excitement out of one specific draft class in certain... I mean, obviously, there's only been one year for the Omar Khan era, but for the last decade and a half of the, of the Kevin Colbert era, I don't remember a draft class gaining this much buzz for the Steelers and having so or such limited playing time despite that. This was supposed to be, like, a turning point with mm-hmm. this draft class. Like, the new Steelers were here. Yeah. And, like... You 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 insert the next great secondary member alongside Minka. You insert the next great offensive lineman. Yes. You insert... And the, and those guys go hand-in-hand hand with other guys, like Pickens. Mm-hmm. Pickens is part of the other draft class that you had. Like, this was supposed to be that cherry-on-top class that was like, now we're really starting to cook with gas. And I think it still is. That's the thing that's so, so damn maddening. Is I don't think that it's a matter of that they missed on the players. No. I, I think it's hard to judge Darnell Washington because we've seen so little of him. But for and forget about him too. It's let's make it about the top oh, two. Oh, let's make it about the top three. Sure. Benton, Throw, too. Benton, Benton deserves to be in there. Yeah, he's a second round pick. They're all they're all playing really well when allowed to play. That the fact that you have to say that second part, when allowed to play. Is is Matt is mattering? Hopefully, you see some more rookies get some action this week, but don't hold your breath. Check out Yin's. I mean, right even Nick Herbig showed you what he can do last week. Got the got his first career sack. Check out Yin's Chat's regular season challenge each week. Answer Steelers trivia and make game day picks for a chance to win signed helmets, jerseys, footballs, or even a trip to the 2024 NFL Draft. You log into the Steelers mobile app now and play for a chance at this week's prize, which is a signed Kenny Pickett football. Very exciting there. Friday's question, if you're listening to this podcast today as we're taping it, Minka Fitzpatrick or Troy Polamalu, who had the most interceptions in a game versus the Jaguars. Saturday's question, Duke or Louisville? 
two teams. Louisville. People are trying to figure out who's going to be the team that meets Florida State in that ACC title game. Duke-Louisville both still have a chance at doing so. Big game on Saturday night for those two. Which school had produced more Steelers draft picks between Duke or Louisville? That's a tricky Whoa. one. That's a tough one. The only Louisville player I can think of right Better now. Better have a Duke player because we're not doing this. We're not giving them an, an advantage by saying a Louisville No, player. I'm saying in the NFL. Oh, total. Well, it's Lamar. It's Lamar. Yeah. Yeah. And is he still in the league? Who? Teddy Bridgewater. He's oh, got, he's got you're still, right. He he's was got a Louisville guy. Yeah. He was before Lamar. Yeah. He's got to still be in the league, right? He's somewhere. He's yeah. a backup he's somewhere. somewhere. For sure. He's too good of a backup to mm-hmm. not be. If he's, Isn't he Miami? Way, he, that was last year. Yeah. Put it this way. If he decides to be in the league, Teddy Bridgewater is you can somewhere. Find a job, you know where yeah. I think he is? I think he's in Detroit. Okay. I think he's backing up Jared Goff right now. What a dumb thing to look up to end the show right now. Because <laughs> who Teddy cares Bridgewater, about where Teddy the backup right quarterback now? in Detroit in the NFL? He's where in the, the world is Teddy Bridgewater? He signed a one-year contract with the uh, the Lions. Yep, call. he's a Detroit. Lion. Great way to wrap this one. The back up to Jared Goff. If you ever are worried about who's coming in for Jared Goff, the Steelers <laughs> standards got you. It's Teddy Bridgewater, baby. Surprised right. we didn't see more of Teddy last week in garbage time against yeah, the Ravens. Right. We're gonna light the fireplace next. Have a nice Fireside Friday, Halloween Fireside Friday. Talk about week eight. Eight. Week eight? I'm so confused every time. Week yeah, eight so action in, in the NFL. Uh, we'll break down some good games outside of the Steelers games to keep an eye on. We'll talk about what the Bills did last night as well. That's on the way next on the Steelers Standard. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.